So I went to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the I took the train there. Wow, getting the San okay. First of all, getting to San Diego is super easy. Like I just woke up like a couple minutes before my train, and I just took, went to Union Station, took the train, and just rode all the way there. Met up with my friends there, and it was just a whole weekend of just like going to bars, watching the room really high, smoking a lot, and then drinking the next day, eating tacos and waffles and. What else did I eat? I don't. It, it was just. Oh man, dude, dude! It was just like so much drinking. It was. It was. It was. It was like the. I think it was like my last hurrah of the summer. That sounds really fun. It I was. Miss doing all, I miss doing all yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, it, yeah, like, th- like this was like this was kind of like my. Uh, I guess my last mini getaway for the summer, mm. and. Um, you know, I had been, I had got cold the week before, so I hadn't drunk in a while. And yeah, first of all, San Diego, I had, I hadn't, I hadn't been there since I was like seven years old. So I had no idea what to expect. I just imagined a super clean city, which it was, mm-hmm. but it's actually pretty cool. It reminded me of Portland a lot and how there's like day drinking everywhere. Can you, you can't drink on the streets, right? No, no, you can't. Uh-huh. But like everyone's just day drinking. There's breweries everywhere. Um, we went to this cool, we went to some really cool breweries. We went to this one with like a bridge inside the wow. drawbridge, which is pretty rad. And then we went to this bar where you could play Nintendo 64. Um, yeah. And then like my friend gave me like a bag of these like marijuana chips. I showed you, I showed you the picture, like these <laughs> yeah. cannabis chips. Uh-huh. And she said, and she was like, okay, so like only half a bag would totally like destroy you. So, so save one for like later this week and one for when you get home. But I was hungry. So I ate the whole bag on the train ride. And, oh my god so yeah. you got really high on the train yeah yeah i got super high and i'm just reading like my my comic books and i'm just like having and just looking at the ocean and like thinking how beautiful it was <laughs> oh and, and it's and, like listening and like listening to like really really loud rock music the whole way there back home wow. and um even the next day i could not wake up i think i still had a foggy head when i went to work on monday <laughs> And even like the first when I got into the office, they were like, "So, Miss, how was your weekend?" And I was just pretty much like, "I got really, really, really high." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss getting high. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Actually, this was my first time doing it since the Pokemon van ride, and that had been my first time of the year because I don't, I don't smoke that often. Only when mm-hmm. like I'm around friends who do it. Mm-hmm. So it was a. Uh, it was a pretty freeing weekend. I, I, I left pretty feeling really good, really in a, in a beachy mood. Would you say that San Diego is your favorite place on earth? <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> I mean, um, no, I mean, it's no, we, like, we were hanging out kind of in this area called North Park, mm-hmm. which is like, it's like kind of like their Silver Lake. So it's like the cool area mm-hmm. like where my friends live. And um, it, it is really cool. Um, I, it was nice. Um, it's definitely more broy than mm-hmm. anywhere else. Um, well, not everybody, but there's that vibe there because San Diego. But uh, it's definitely one of the best. It's, it's a totally best town. Um, it's fun to hang out. It's not even close to Portland, but yeah, it's a did good people, time. Did people like drive around and stuff, or did you guys like? Is there like good public transportation? There's a public transportation. Uh, the place that my friends live, they live like walking distance from like the main college town part and where all the breweries are. So we just walked around the whole weekend, except like we took an Uber to see the room, which I had never seen the room so high before. I vaguely remember the movie. I just remember like spoons and just like laughing and and, and just like when the, when the part when Tommy Wiseau kills himself, I was just like laughing my head off. It was glorious. Did you see Seals? No, I did not see seals. I did see the water. I saw a pirate ship, and oh, and I saw like a big, like giant, like air t- air force um, ship, whatever they are. Like a big, 
like the a, USS whatever. Oh wow! Like one like of those a, dock like there. a Navy ship. Yeah, I saw one of those. That was pretty crazy. I was eating my wow. chips while watching, while looking at it. It was pretty. It was pretty <laughs> wild. Um, I definitely recommend like. Uh, I mean, I guess Paige, you won't be able to have to do it for a while, but you know, any listeners, if you're ever in LA or in California, it's an easy train ride. It was only, it was like 80 bucks round trip. So yeah, it was a totally good time. I mean, I'm still feeling pretty mellowed out right now. Um, actually one of my favorite bands, they're from San Diego and they don't really, they tour sometimes, but like. They'll like throughout the year, they'll just play at like bars in San Diego. And actually, my goal was to like go to San Diego and see them. But of course, I'm always going during Christmas where nobody like really like either they were on tour or they're just like not performing. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's one of my goals. What is who is this band? Pinback. Pinback. Yeah. I have. Really chill, but they were like really deep. Like their lyrics are like super deep. Yeah. And then um, I think they're they're no longer. I don't know if they're still together because the band members all have separate bands. But um, yeah. Well, maybe you can see one of their spinoff bands or yeah. whatnot. I mean, yeah. But for me, like I've never had a reason to go to San Diego. I don't know anybody there. But like since mm-hmm. my friends moved there. I could just go like and I have a place to crash there now too. Which yeah. Is, so like, pretty much all my money would just go for drinking over there, like, and playing video games and like you know and just getting really really high. Oh my god! So the cool. So one of the highlights was we were watching like super like and, oh, some other friends had come from LA that weekend too. Like they came the mm-hmm. day before me. So it was like a, it was every a lot of people were there. So we were watching this kind of like, you know you know like those um Adult Swim cartoon shows. Yes. It was sort of like that, but not on Adult Swim. It's called Harming Quest. And it's pretty mm-hmm. much, they get, um like, these five guys, one girl. I guess they're comedians, and they get celebrity guests. Like they had Audrey Plaza on it and stuff. And they play D&D. And then they, oh. and then, but and then as and then and then as they're playing, they they anim, they animate like their adventure. So you see like <gasps> drawing. So you see them in animated form like on their quest. That's so cool. And it's yeah, yeah. First of all, it's hilarious because they're like all funny people. Uh-huh. And, but then you just see, but you see, and the and the guy who plays like the dungeon master. Uh, and so, if people who don't know D and D, it's the guy who's kind of like. He's like the storyteller of their quest, telling them where they're going. He's like really good and really animated, and he laughs like crazy when he and like it's a and like I got really to the show and like even today I was thinking about it like all right when I get home from work I gotta watch an episode because I want to finish watching season one, and I don't really usually like reality shows but mm-hmm. this is like so cool, and I need to and like it made me motivated me to really like search out a D and D club in LA because I want to play some D and D now. Me too. I never, yeah. you know, I haven't gotten around to do that, but one day. Um, where can you watch the show? Uh, I think you have to have Amazon Prime, but you could probably find it through other means. Okay. And the first episode is on YouTube for free. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, it's called Harmon Quest. Harmon Quest. Yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's a really funny, it's a really funny show. Um, it's one of those shows you can watch really fast in the morning while getting ready to work and oh, cool. getting ready for work. And um, yeah, I really want to do some Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you know what? I bet we could even like, if one of us got really good at it, we could probably get people together and do a Skype D&D game. How about you get really good at D&D and then, because I've never played, so I feel like I, like... But I feel like you will probably have more opportunities to like get really good at it. And then first, okay, for sure. What about what about this December we play? Okay. Um, yeah, I was about to mention though, you could also play because you're moving to like a Nordic country. That's where, true. Where like all that, like, you know, I mean, I think D&D started in America, but all the myths from all that came from <laughs> where you're moving, came from like, the, you know, like the, the European world, right? The old world. That's true. But everything will be in like Swiss, Swiss. German. Yeah. And then I'll like, <laughs> it's going to be really hard. <laughs> so, um, um, so like before when I played D&D, I was always a hobbit. Um, well, and D&D, they call them halflings. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, and I like hobbits. And they, mm-hmm. they like to eat and party and drink. And, you know, they're generally brave. And even in Game of Thrones, Tyrion, if he was in Lord of the Rings, he would be a hobbit. 
he wouldn't be a dwarf in Lord of the Rings. Mm. And anyway, so my character was always named Ekniv, which is Vince backwards. Um, I was told, like, don't... I didn't know, because I was, like, thinking a lot about my character. Like, I was like... Because I always like to be, like, undead. Yeah. And then, like... Then I was talking to one of my coworkers who who plays, and he was like, oh, you don't want to get so attached to your character because you... It, your character could die off. And I got really sad. <laughs> I'm already really attached. I don't even have a character yet, but I'm like attached to the idea. You know what? It, it's true. Cause like, um, when I was a little kid, my uh-huh. mom used to be really into getting me like all these like young, 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 like young adolescent Christian books. Uh-huh. For me to read, and as a, like, a, so she would get me these books about how it's how it was like saying like Dungeons and Dragons is demonic, and uh-huh. you know, all, metal is music is evil. And so I don't know. She got this book about like this one boy. It was like a character. It was like a, a fictional story about how he became addicted to like playing like a computer version of D and D, uh-huh. and it was full of like. I don't even so like it's like and they made it seem so evil like oh it's like oh you you rape people in it and it's like that's not D and D at all it's like a totally yeah. it's like a it's just a, it's a it's a game for like awkward people mm-hmm. and having like it's like, you know it's an, it's an imagination game but it's like but this character dies in the book and he becomes really depressed and like runs away <laughs> and he he's like screaming at his computer when he dies and like <laughs> and like and like and bear in mind this was before I had played D and D so I thought it was all real. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually, like when I was older, and my friends like let's play D and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be badass. It's gonna be like I would imagine it's gonna be like fucking cr- like crazy. Like we're gonna be doing some crazy shit in this game. Like I remember that book from when I was a kid. And then like when we played, it was like it was cool. It was, but it was totally like it was. It's an innocent game, you know. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I mean, bear in mind, this is like from the same era when a guy at my old church told me Pokemon was evil because there was psychic Pokemon. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, yeah, um, but the way you you love it, because you could you could really customize your characters to like, um, you know, what they wear, what color they are. If they're half, you'd be half human, half orc. Mm-hmm. You could you could tell like what kind of what kind, what kind of like emotions do you have? You, like, you have to fill out this long like form of like deta- detailing everything he own- everything he or she owns, like all their items and wow. you know their satch- their satchels and weapons. It's like it gets pretty intricate about like how how real you make this character for your quest. Don't you have to have like really good memory? Um, I guess. Oh, so. you have the paper with you though too, right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and you have to have a good dungeon master who's like really fun like he, he could tell the story with like to get you really into it and really excited i can see you as a dungeon master I, w- I was thinking that would be fun too just like you know telling um just yeah just pretty much i could use that fantasy novel that i never finished as like the basis for a D quest yeah i can yeah. totally see you as one <laughs> I, I mean yeah i, I would want to play normally first just to get familiar with it mm-hmm. but uh yeah that would be a cool thing to get into, especially since I finished reading Harry Potter. Oh my gosh, uh, how was it? Um, so I finished it last week, and um, wow, it was yeah, it was a hell of a it was a hell of a good way to end. Like, you know, Neville saves the day pretty badassly. Um, there's a lot more talking between Harry and Voldemort than in the movies. Mm-hmm. Where he kind of explains how he knew about the Horcruxes, and he kind of like unra- he kind of just unravels how he did everything to beat Voldemort before killing him off. And uh, I think the mo- I felt more triumphant than in the movies. At the end of the books, Harry pretty much says like, "I am the owner of the Master Wand, the Elder Wand," which did not happen in the books. I think he he revealed it after he killed him. Oh. And and then. Uh, yeah, and then he just pretty much murders Voldemort. Like he kicks, it, he kills his ass. <laughs> and it was a, it was a pretty, yeah, it was a pretty badass ending. I liked it. Um, you know, you know. Funnily enough, though, I'm still not a fan of like them ending as adults, even yeah, in I books. don't like it. Even so, even really as, like even it. even even without seeing like Ginny as like a weird woman child, <laughs> like, CG woman child. <laughs> No, I just, I felt like they should have just ended on, just end it, you know? Like, when, there's no, was it epilogue or whatever? Like, because I felt like, like, for me, I just couldn't get over the names. 
Like the names are so cheesy that like I Elvis. was just like, oh, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, like because it's just like I don't know, it's just too much. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what's the problem with the ending? I think this is where J.K. Rowling revealed like how much of a mom she is because they all get <laughs> married. They they all of them get married and have kids. And but like <laughs> not even. But it's like they get married to like each other. You know, like. Like, it's like they never met anyone, you know? I don't know. It's just like... It would have been interesting if it would have been like, actually, you know what? Like, you know, actually, Ron and Hermione didn't end up together. They ended up breaking up, but, you know, they remained friends. But like, yeah. I would have I, I liked kind of like an unrealistic... I mean, a more realistic, like, like not, not perfect, perfect ending, you know? Yeah, or like one of them doesn't have kids. But goes yeah. but goes to the train station anyway to like hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think to me, I was it was so like I felt like it was so cookie cutter. Like first of all, yeah, everyone not only are they married but to each other, and they all have like three kids, and all their kids are friends. And they all have names which are just interchangeably each other's names. <laughs> They're just named after, like, the older Other characters. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so you're just like, okay. <laughs> you know, Neville, um, Neville became, like, the, the botanist teacher or whatever, the plant yeah. teacher. Yeah. The only, okay, so the only thing now I feel like, okay, the epilogue makes sense. It's because of the eighth book. So I haven't, I mean, I've, I have not, like, read it or anything, but, like, my friends are reading it, and um, they said it's really good. So in that sense, you're like, okay, well, I guess to, to like, have a premise for the eighth book, then it's cool that they introduced. No, actually, no, no. Because they could have just inter- had an eighth book and be like, this is what happened. These are their kids. Hogwarts. Well, here, yeah. here, so I think I read this somewhere where, like, originally she didn't want to write any more books. Mm-hmm. So she wrote that epilogue so that, like, nobody, maybe after she died, no one could, like, write a sequel or, you know, like, continue. It's like, oh, no, Harry ends up fine. That there's no, there's nothing else that happens. They wrap. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, but then, because remember, she tried to write some other novel, even under yeah. a pseudonym, but, like, it was, no one liked it. So she went back to the wizard, the Wizarding World. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what happened, why she made that ending. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to read the eighth one, because, first of all, I want to wait a while. I want to soak this one in because for everybody else, this was the final book. That's so I, true. So I want this to be my ending for a while, and I'm, I want to rewatch the movies, and um, you know, take a break from Harry Potter too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been reading them, so it's funny because I, I ordered a new Star Wars book from the from the mail. So I, now I'm reading um, a Star Wars novel. Okay. It, it came the day after I finished. <laughs> Perfect. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a Princess Leia book. It takes place like right before the newest movie. So oh sweet. Yeah, and. Um, and also, I don't. I don't know if I want to read a play. It's like it's like reading Shakespeare in high school. I don't know if I want to do that. Well, it's not going to be like Shakespeare. But it's still reading a play, and you know, you're reading it in a script format. I Is gr- it? Yeah, it's in. The, yeah, because I've seen it in the bookstores. It's like re- it's like reading a screen, like a script. A, you're reading. A, oh. you're, reading, you're reading this. It's not a novel or a book. You're reading a script. So oh. you know, it says like the, Harry's name, then it says his dialogue, then it says Ginny's name, and then her dialogue. You know, it's like that. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not a it's not a novel. It's just it's just it's just it's it's the rehearsing script. I really want to see the play. That's the thing. See, I'm gonna wait until I feel like the play will have to go on tour at some point. You know? Yeah, I'm definitely. I feel like I don't need to see it now. Like I think that's why I had felt no rush when everyone because when the when they launched the cursed child, like yeah. a lot of people were like posting about it on social media and stuff, and I was just like. Oh, like as much as I love Harry Potter, like, like I feel like this is not the time to like really get into it. I don't know. I could just wait. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the tour. Cause it, 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 I mean, it's Harry Potter, so it should be like Lion King, right? It should be everywhere. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna wait until like it's near me and then see it. And, and then, then by I, then, like ticket. First of all, you don't have to wait buy tickets like a year because people are buying tickets a year in advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but those are the people who just want to be the first ones to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So by then, like, you don't have to do that, and it'll be fine. Yeah. And then you can see it with American actors. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been having some visa problems. 
So this last past week has been a very trying week. Um, so I found out that my visa got rejected, which sucks. Your visa for Switzerland. Yeah. So yeah. I was, I'm supposed to be, my last day working day in Hong Kong is supposed to be August 31st. So I'm expected to leave like, and my starting day in Switzerland is September 5th. So it's mid-August and they said my visa got rejected. So we've reapplied. And I'm just really hoping it goes through. Like, I haven't heard anything yet. So today I'm going to, like, follow up with people there. Um, but it's kind of, like, well, it just kind of stressed me out completely because I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, what's happening? Um, I'm still moving out of my apartment. So now I'm currently stressed out about doing that. Like, I've, like, I've just been cleaning and getting rid of stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I was super bummed because... I mean, like, I think because I when I told you, like, I was really glad when you had you because you had said because I said, oh, my boss extended my contract to September 30th. And then you had mm -hmm. said, oh, it's really good that she's kind of looking out for you. She's not leaving you hanging because all I thought of when I saw that email was, fuck, I'm here for another month. Like, I thought I would be gone by then. You know, I was yeah. so devastated because I was like, man, I just because literally when I, it got rejected like so before my feelings about hong kong i was kind of riding on the fact that i was leaving so the moment i found out like like you're still kind of stuck here i was just like like all the feelings i guess i'd been repressing or like whatever just came flooding back of how much i hated hong kong. <laughs> <laughs> you were all nostalgic first like oh, i'm gonna miss this this and then yeah, just... i was, I was just like Oh my god, I'm I'm still here for another month, <laughs> like shit. But I've calmed down since. Um, I'm just like, okay, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Like, I'll focus on just moving out, and then, so I'm, I'm gonna if I'm still around in September, I'll just be like, I think I'm gonna try to either crash with people or find like you know a like a. Like what? What you had last time? What was Ser that like? A service a, department. Yeah, service department yeah. or something. Um, yeah, but yeah. So that's that really bummed me out last week. Like it was just the whole week sucked because of it. You know when and, you when you initially okay. told me, I had a horrible thought in my head. What? And I, I typed what I typed instead. Wait. <laughs> the first thought that came. Wait, in, wait, wait. Should you tell me? Will I be yeah, tested? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. the, the first thing immediately was uh, it was like something. It's kind of lame, but it made me laugh to myself. Even though I realized the situation was serious, but the first, uh -huh. I don't know. You know, sometimes weird things come to your head, right? Yeah. The first thing started like as soon as you said my visa got rejected, I I almost typed like, oh, should, try applying for a Mastercard. <laughs> <laughs> to myself but i opted to like not say it put that into writing uh, <laughs> i think if you said that i would have been like <laughs> sorry to cry <laughs> but um uh, yeah because i was like oh wow you're really optimistic about it so i was like okay like if if like you're seeing the bright like the positive side like maybe this isn't such a big deal like maybe it's gonna be fine you know because all i was just like all I saw was rejected and like, like this isn't like, I was like, wow, I put so much emotional energy into this move and yeah. I haven't thought. And later when people started to find out, they were like, oh, so what's your backup plan? Like, you should really think about that. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I mean, the reaction sounded awesome though. It's like, oh, your visa got rejected. So we're going to give you more money and apply again. <laughs> Like, yeah, that, that sounds when, great. Actually, when, I, when I found out that was the reason, I just, in, I found out at work, so I couldn't laugh out loud, but in my head, I was screaming with laughter, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. And, yeah. <laughs> I feel like so let's, let's hope, let's hope this works, because that would a, be rad. <laughs> in a way, it's more of the universe just, like, helping you out. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work out that, it would be, like, the universe being like, fuck you. But if it does, it's like, wow, they're really, like, looking out for me. Like, I'm just, I'm like, it's like a cosmic alliance. <laughs> um, yeah, but to add to the stress, like, 
So on Saturday, I found out my grandpa passed away. Yeah. And I'm not like I was. I'm not so much sad because I feel like he was kind of like for a while, like we had like a complicated relationship, like towards the end of his years. Like I remember when he got really sick and he was dying, I was already thinking like, oh, will I even go to his funeral? Like, I don't want to, blah, blah, blah. But then after seeing him suffer, like for basically five years, like he was in hospice and he was like, he couldn't eat, you know, and like when you get to that stage and you see someone just kind of like, they're literally just existing and you're just kind of like, wow, like this is hell. Like, like, can you imagine, like if I had to go through that, that would be hell. And I was like, in a way I was like, wow, like I forgive you for all the thoughts I had, you know, like, like, like all the stuff you've done because you just seriously just went through hell. (laughs) And so because of that, I was like, that's why I wanted to, because I wanted to go to his funeral. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm le- actually leaving tomorrow. It's going to be really quick. So I'm leaving tomorrow evening and then going to the funeral. And then Friday evening, I fly back to Hong Kong. So yeah, a quick trip. You know, this is really like a telling trip because when you first moved to Hong Kong, you didn't really like that side of your family. And like, and now as you're leaving, you're actually going to like a huge family event for it and because you want to, not because you feel like you have to. Yeah, actually, because like I was when because my dad's going to be there and he was telling me the funeral. He was like, you know, you don't have to come. It's fine. But I was like, but even then when I hadn't decided, I said, just let me know the details. And then when he told me, I was like, I just felt like I really should do it. Like, it just feels right. And um yeah, actually, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Like, I I think I did a complete one eighty because, not I like I also kind of wanted to see my dad too because I was like I was already like trying to plan like a meeting with him before I left, and so I figured oh this will do because I'll see him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of like like before I would never want to engage with that side of the family, and this time I'm just like I, it doesn't really matter. Like I just feel like I should be there. And yeah, see everyone. So, do you, yeah. do, do you think like when you look back a couple of years from now at the big picture, you will see like oh, this time in your life was like a big a, like it was a big like part of you like oh like one of the reasons for it or whatever was like it how it got you to like connect with that part of your family that you never really wanted to be part of beforehand. Yeah, like actually, I feel like the journey because for the last four years or whatever, like I started out just kind of being a bit like clueless to basically like what I wanted this relationship to be. You know, I think I was still feeling a lot of resentment like from my childhood and like a lot of like old feelings. And then I remember we, I went through a really, like I kind of hit rock bottom. I remember this one trip, it was like maybe my first trip there or something. And then I was so traumatized from that trip and so angered from that trip that I remember I, w- I came back and I was telling, I think you and Crystal, and Crystal was like, wow, I can tell you that was really emotional for you because you're getting really upset about it, just telling us the story. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know it affected me that much. And then from that point, like, like I mean, my whole life, I never had a relationship with my, with my dad. Like, I mean, you have a relationship, but it's like not a good one. And I'm at the end after like this whole experience i'm not saying we're like like bffs or i want even want to be really close to him but i feel like i'm at a place where i accept him Mm -hmm. and i can feel maybe because i accept him he accepts me and even if he doesn't accept me like i don't really care like i'm just kind of like i accept you for who you are and i accept that whole side because before i just couldn't deal with that side of the family because I just I was like they're too different from me they're asking too much of me you know I can never fit in but now it's not about me fitting in it's just more about how they fit into my life yeah and I feel like wow I feel I do feel like I've grown so much in that sense and it seems like your father also like he saw he has softened a little bit over the past couple years yeah he definitely and I think a lot of it is because of how my behaviors changed because I noticed like to other people he's still the same but to me he's different and I realized 
I remember my sister asking me that, like, why, or my uncle asking my sister, why does your dad treat Paige differently than he treats you? And I realized the, it all changed when I decided to be like, okay, I don't hate you anymore. And like, yeah. And maybe he felt that. Cause I always feel like when you want to change something, like if, like, like if you're like dealing with a person, like, and you actually have a lot of control on how you like affect the relationship by just how you treat the person. And if you change and the only way to change, cause you can't change the other person. Like you can't ask them to change, but you, you can change yourself. And when you change your actions and what you say and everything that like affects the other person. I think it affects you too. Cause I think just hating somebody, yeah, it's, it's a lot of negative energy putting out there. And I think it affects you too. Cause you know, hating someone is it's the strongest feeling. It's like the opposite yeah. of love. So it's, it's just as strong as a feeling only instead of, like, you know, shooting out positive emotions to yourself and then it's this negativity all yeah. around. So yes. I think when you stop hating someone and it's mellowed out to maybe not quite full on love, but it's like, oh, I like you. Like, I like my dad. I don't hate him. I mean, that's just complete. It even changes the inside of yourself. Yeah. You know, I feel like I like when I before when I used to think about him, like just any thought, like I would just feel bad like I would just feel all this like anger and sadness and whatever and now when I think about him I don't feel anything like I just feel like okay he's just a person and and I feel so much lighter from it like I don't feel burdened by emotions anymore and I'm not and a lot of times I didn't want to see him because I was scared like I was scared of like him in the sense of like he's so like spot like not spontaneous he's so like what is it? Unpredictable. And then I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. But now I'm not like, I'm not scared of confronting him anymore or interacting with him because I know that that's just who he is. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like a reflection on me in any way. Cause before, like I would, I would be so caught up with like how he viewed me. So if he re reacted to me in a certain way, I would think, Oh, it's because of me or something I did, but now it's more like, that's just how he acts. So yeah. if, if it, once again, he came up with like an excited idea that he wants you to pitch to your job for him, would it be something you would even consider? Like an almost, or would you just be like, fuck no, 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 no. Like before when he had said that, like I took it so personally, like I felt like, cause he has a way of like getting under your skin and where you, you well, I just felt like, oh, I have to do this. So I felt so burdened by this thing where I felt like, should I tell my boss? Like, should it blah, blah. But now if you were to say the same thing, I'd just be like, I'd listen to what he said and just be like, okay, that's not happening. And I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't, but I don't feel any responsibility. But yeah. I think, you know, it, it's not even, I think that part of me, it's not even my relations with him. It's just how I'm dealing with people now. Like, I feel like, um, I've really learned how to uh, set boundaries and know like it's, I don't need to take this personally because I used to take it, I used to take everything personally. If someone asked me something, I would feel like, oh my gosh, it's my job to see this idea into fruition, you know? Like, but now I just feel like, okay, that's your idea, and clearly you just you're using me as a middleman. I don't want to be this person, so I'm not gonna do it. I used to be the same way. Like it's like. I think we've both grown in that way where we both used to have a hard time saying no to people. Yeah. Or I just, or like, you know, what we want, or, or saying what we want. Like, yeah. I don't want that, or I do want that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Actually, just today, I realized my favorite phrase that I've been using recently is, I don't want to talk about it. And it's so powerful because I don't say it like in a, in a mean way, like I don't want to talk about it. I just kind of, I might laugh it off or whatever, but it's just when you say those words, people suddenly, they're just like, oh, okay. They just understand. And they're like, okay, like they won't, they don't want to mention it, you know, and they res suddenly respect your space. And you're just like, wow, like, yeah. Like I just said it to somebody today and I felt so good when I said that. It's almost like, shut the fuck up. Like, no, but you know. 
Yeah, but in, in a way where, because actually, and it was actually from him that I learned from, it was the same person, because I remember he was going through something, and he was just like, I don't want to talk about it, and it's, you're like, he has every right to say that, Yeah. and I respect his feelings, and suddenly, like, yeah, like, if you just use those words, people, yeah, they just, they get it. Yeah. The power, you know what, that should be the title of this episode, I think. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, we'll see if it's, if it's it maybe too long and it might be a, a weird title for an audio podcast. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but listen to us anyway. <laughs> yeah, we talk about other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this will be your final Taiwan trip. Yeah, for, for a, a while. Wi- for a while. Yep. So you're going to Taichung again? Yep. Cool. And yeah, I don't, I mean, this is, I don't have any plans besides family stuff. So I'm not like, so it's kind of not, it's also nice to not think about like what I want to do. Like you're just there and I'm like, I'm going to bring my book. I'm going to, on my off time, I'm just going to read and eat food and that's it. That's pretty much, I mean, I've I've been to two dead grandparents funerals and it was pretty mm-hmm. much just a service and then i think a family dinner afterwards and yeah that was pretty much it the only thing i'm not looking forward to is the f- service starts at 7 a.m that's god that's really early that, i think my i think my grandpa's funeral was at nighttime it was like 6 p.m or 5 or something yeah i think it's really traditional because like because they were saying because i had asked my dad if somebody could pick me up from the airport and they were like oh we might have a ceremony Thursday night and I was like but you said it was on Friday and he's like oh no like on Thursday there's like another ceremony and then Friday like 7 to 9 a.m. is for family only like pre- like immediate family and then 9 a.m. onwards it's like for like general family I guess and I was like, oh wow um it's also I'm kind of in I'm really curious in general because this is like like I've attended kind of American funerals, but not like a Taiwanese funeral. So I'm just like, like I was like, I don't even know what to wear to ask my dad, like what color to wear and stuff. Cause it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah I want to hear about that. I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, it makes me think like, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that like when we get old, that uh, euthanasia will be legal. So that when I, when I'm at the point where I am just like existing, that I could just be like, all right, I'm ready to check out. It's legal in Switzerland. Oh, yeah, okay. There you go. Like that's, that's <laughs> well. I guess I'll have to fly me out to Switzerland and be like, when I'm ready to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it's How like. How do you know that? That's that's the interesting. Like, did you look that actually? Up? morbidly my mom looked into it she's obsessed with it and she because she i mean because i think we've we've had i i get it like we've seen so many grandparents pass in like and you're just literally just suffering the last like five years or whatever you know and she was just like i don't want that and then so she's she asked my sister actually she's like will you accompany me to switzerland (laughs) (laughs) get put down <laughs> when I need to and we're just like I mean for us at the time we were like fuck we don't want to think about this right now you know but then with all the stuff happening now you're like yeah that's not that's not a bad thing it'd be a weird flight I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah um, but, um, no because no, yeah even my grandfather he was like you know he was like he was he died at 90 something but he was like driving mm-hmm. in his 80s still like he was yeah he was going to the gym and stuff but like yeah those last couple of years like he 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 still ended up the same way like you know in a in a home kind of losing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and it's like wow it's like you know what i feel like there's a sense of power if you get to choose how you go yeah at that point it's like all right you know i live long enough um there's really no point i'm not doing anything anymore like i'm just yeah i'm just in bed all the time like let me just check out now i've it's been a good run yeah that's totally why like when i found out my grandpa died like i wasn't because i realized i only get sad when someone dies if i feel like they had so much life left yeah then you feel really bad but when you're like 
this is all he had and this like this is the best he could do and he wasn't really living you're like it was more of a relief like okay like you know it's almost like yeah it's like uh, an awesome nap from this point on <laughs> yeah all the way through. it's like let's <laughs> let me sleep i'm tired <laughs> the big sleep uh, oh my great grandma's turning 100 next year what? Um, I, she oh was, my gosh! And she, you know, she still lives in the house. Like she went, she came to our Fourth of July family party. Wow! But you could, but I could tell she's like losing it. Like she's not wanting to eat. Oh shit! I don't think she remembers who I am. I kind of like nodded at her and gave her a wave, but I didn't really want to hug her. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and I remember my cousin wanted to throw her like a big oh, because I think like t- five years ago they threw her a big party. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, like her 95th birthday party or something like that, where it's like, I forgot what year. I, I was in Hong Kong, though, so I wasn't there, but it was like, this will probably be her big party. So they flew in family from all over the place, but she's still alive. So my cousin <laughs> wanted to throw another one. So, like, she made this, um, you know, kind of like a GoFundMe page. So everyone could donate like a hundred bucks to her birthday party. Wow. I looked at it and I'm just like laughing and laughing. <laughs> I just pretend I never saw the message. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm, you know what? Honestly, I'm thinking, who is this really for? Because what a 100-year-old lady who's barely, you know, who's barely mentally there. Would she want a big party full of people? I don't think so. I think that would be stressful. I don't even want a party that big for me now. Yeah. A, you know, as a 29 year old, why? why yeah, I, that sounds horrible. So I think for her, I'm just not going to donate the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I feel like you don't have to. That's a lot of money to donate. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why a hundred dollars? Like, really? Do we really need? Do we really need to spend like over? So if, if everyone donated, it would be like thousands of dollars for a birthday party. It's like, really? We owe every other family member a party in the backyard. We could <laughs> even renting a hall out would not need that much money. <sighs> <laughs> I'm not being cheap about it. I'm just saying I don't think she would. I don't think she would need it. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have no experience in throwing because my family actually we never threw big huge parties for anything. Like so, if my grandpa turned like ninety, we just all went out to eat at the same restaurant that we go every year and everyone's fine with it that's my my, my ideal birthday party is just a dinner a dinner at shakey's i'm good that's like oh well, i couldn't hear you at oh, all first my, my ideal birthday dinner is just going to shakey's for pizza <laughs> and some mojos and beer and i'm good you know that's like perfect for me going to catch a movie like i'm a simple man with simple tastes and yeah I, I think I, I like parties a little more than you do. <laughs> I, no, I do. I know, yeah, because you, you've planned some, you've had some epic birthdays, some karaoke ones. We, we, all, we never did the ding ding party, but that would that would have been epic. We're going to do Florida. Yeah, um, that's happening. Yeah, I like going to epic parties. I love, I love being part of them. And I, I love like mingling in them, but I don't want to be the center of them. That's like... That's that. That'd be too mutually. That'd be singularly awkward for this guy right here. But you know, like I do realize, like when I have when I have parties, I like just having my close friends, like just like five people. Like kind of like your like Ron, Harmony, Neville, and Luna, and, and that's Harry. Jenny. Janie, Janie. Could, yeah, she could come. Yeah, she could come too. Janie, yeah, Janie and Fred and Fred. Fred and George. Fred that and George. Getting, like a lot of people. Okay, well that's it. That's it. That's that's pretty. That would be it. No more. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yes. serious too, if he wants to come. Yeah. But that's pretty much. It. <laughs> oh, I actually felt bad when Fred died in the book. Um, I was sad too. Yeah, like in the movies, I didn't, I didn't really hit me, but what? no, because in the books, I could. Here's, here's what you want me to tell you: the emotional high points for me in the books. Yeah. Okay, so the emotional high point first was when Harry goes back into the castle 
and like he he protects McGonagall because one of the mm-hmm. Death Eaters spits in her face and he gets all mm-hmm. like def- so that part made me tear up a little bit. I don't know why. I, maybe because McGonagall was not in the whole novel and being back at Hogwarts was like so cool because for the whole book they're not there mm-hmm. and like and the whole book describes him as really being alone. Oh, that's why because so here's what hit me really hard when they went back to Hogwarts in general because for the whole book Harry, Ron, and Hermione and the Deathly Hollows are alone and they have everything against them and you know they're isolated. They're fighting against each other. There's all these crazy spells on them. And then when they get back to Hogwarts, if suddenly they have all this help and everyone's on their side. And I got overwhelmed by all that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit, they're not alone. Everyone's been waiting for them. Mm-hmm. And then and then the big part was it hit me was when Percy comes back after being like, like an asshole for like the fat last four novels. And he reunites with his family. And then immediately Fred dies. Oh, so that's why you got really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I was sad too. But I think I read... I feel like you absorbed, because when you were explaining it to me, like, you absorbed all, like, the emotions. Like, you really felt each part. Because I think when I was reading it, especially for the first time, I, like, read it so fast. Because I was just like, what's going to happen? So I think, I think for me, oh, when they returned to the castle, like, oh, yeah, I remember when they walked through the, when they walked through the, the portrait. Yeah. And then they see everyone in the room of requirement and they're basically everyone's telling them like, oh, like, yeah, we've been like doing this and that. Like everything sucks at Hogwarts now. Like, I, that was emotional for me where I was like, wow, like, yeah, like they're all in this together kind of thing. But I think when Fred died and stuff, like I was sad, but it was like I was like reading it really fast. And I think for me, the whole Snape part, I was sad. Oh, uh, it was pretty sad. I feel like I feel like the movie actually makes Snape a little bit more. I feel like they make they make Snape a little bit more like likable, likable in the movies and in the books. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah I, I want to say some things in the movies are better, and I think like you definitely feel bad for Snape and feel his love for for Lily a lot more than in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think in the book, because actually the whole book, I didn't like cry or anything. But then in the movies, I think I got really emotional in the movies. I think because like the parts that hit me was when um, you first see the castle and then you see that orb or whatever, like the shield protecting it. Because I got emotional then because it was exactly how I pictured it in the book. Oh, rad. Yeah, so that was like, whoa. And then I think... When Snape was going to die, I got... I think they just did it way better in the movies. Like, it was a lot more tragic that, yeah, it was really emotional then, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. I have to go. Oh, you do? Oh, I was yeah. about to go into a whole bunch of more Harry Potter stuff. Uh, okay, okay. Well, one thing. I totally okay. I totally predicted, like, three books ago that um, Aberforth Dumbledore was the bartender at a... Hogshead. Oh, really? That's the name of the, I think that's the name of the bar, right? Hogshead yeah. Bar. Like, yeah. like, I remember in the book, he's like, Harry noticed he looked kind of familiar, but then he had to move on. And I was like, wait a minute. I remember in the movie, <gasps> they met his brother in that town. It has to be Aberforth. And then I'm sure oh, enough, wow. like, he is like, yeah, it's him. he's the bartender. I was like, yes. And I, and I love oh, I love the whole backstory of Dumbledore way more in the books because you go way into it and you go, yeah. uh, you go into like, you know, how he got the Elder One, his whole sto- sister's backstory, you know, his um, mm-hmm. his duel with uh, Gregovich. Gr- Gregorovich? Grindle- Grindelwald? Oh, Grindelwald. Grindel- oh, Gregovich was the other wand maker. Grindelwald was the other dark wizard. Was yeah. it like his... People are speculating it was like his lover. Um, It could have been. I didn't really... It could It could have been, but they could have also just been two boys hanging out. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see where um, fan fiction can go in that direction. <laughs> I, I stumbled across, I stumbled upon some crazy Harry and Draco fan fiction a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and it, where it included it with Ron being super jealous. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, we'll wrap this up. Uh, let's do uh, Michael's musings real fast. Okay. 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 So, um, August third, Michael's musings on Facebook. Life's little gifts. I snuck between two apartments to take a piss. And while doing so, I noticed a condom. Of course, I pissed on it. 
Then I noticed another one hanging off the branch of a tree. Then two more. I was surrounded. There was even a pair of discarded jeans. It was a haven for used condoms. I was speechless. And there you go. Michael's Musings for August 3rd, 5.42 p.m. Uh, All right. Good podcast. Yeah. All right. that That had been episode 54. So, guys, enjoy the end of August and... Bye. Yeah. Keep it awkward. Peace.